Handle on the News. Handle on the News! You actually think you're the Bill Handle? Oh, all this time I thought it was an act. Hey, guys, look! It's the real Bill Handle. And good morning, everybody. Uh, Wednesday, June 20th. Uh, the president hasn't stopped. Tell you one thing, uh, this man has balls. He just doesn't care. It's what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how he wants to do it. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot more about that. Uh, the tender age shelters is now the operative word. Uh, U.S. is withdrawing from the U.N. Human Rights Council. I'll tell you about that later on. And then uh, marijuana. Canada just passed a law making it mandatory for all government officials and the prime minister to get high whenever meeting on official business. Oh, maybe I have that wrong. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, well, it's close. Okay. In the meantime, hello, young lady. Hello, sir. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick. Morning. Morning. Uh, There's Alex, John, and uh, No Arm, and a special guest star today, the one and only Rich Murata. Hey, Handel. Hey. Rich was our uh, Wayne Resnick. For many years. How long were you on the show, Rich? I was with you for 21 and a half years. Wow. Oh, yeah. This show's been around for a while. <laughs> We've all, we have all gotten old. I suffered severe <laughs> mental disorders. As yeah. A result. Oh, yeah. yes, you did. Uh, we were about, talking about our 2554 numbers. You know, that's one of the demographics uh, that uh, is really important to radio and television, et cetera. And I was doing some uh, the figures. Our demographic, our 2554 uh, listeners are now 80 when they started. <laughs> so really, it's the same people. Yeah, the same people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robin's going to give me all kinds of crap for mentioning that. You know, she hates that, you know, when I mention how long we've been on the air. All right. Uh, it's going to be very interesting because. Are you going to be showing off the rich? What? Like. Taking digs at Robin and, and generally oh, yeah. showing off I'm because doing, Rich yes, is here. Because I've never taken digs at Robin before, have I? It's not something I do on a daily basis. Uh, she appreciates it. Robin, Robin doesn't even, she used to get upset with me. She doesn't even bother anymore. She just ignores it. She knows, she used to just, you know, really look at me and I just would nod. And, I think uh, she thought for a while she could somehow get you to stop. Yeah. Either by appealing to reason <laughs> or sympathy. Yeah. And she finally realized yeah. there's no getting to you. When Todd Spitzer, as you know, I'm endorsing Todd for his DA run because I've known him for so long. He was my screener uh, handle on the law 30 he's years He's still ago. running for Oh, stuff? he's running for DA. He's a county supervisor. He he's is. Running, yeah, he's running for DA. Uh, he's like running in every election like, yeah, for the last yeah, 20, 20 years. Yeah, he's he? been in business for 20 years. Anyway, the first time I uh, he was he asked me to uh, introduce him for the county supervisor's office. It was his first run, and he said, uh, would you introduce me on his first fundraiser? I said, of course. Uh. And uh, he uh, said, now, Bill, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm Jewish. I don't deny it. You know, I but would you do me a favor? We're in front of a religious Christian group. You know, would you would you soft pedal the fact I'm Jewish? And then he and I just looked at him and he said, I shouldn't have asked that, should I? Nope. I said, Nope. <laughs> so I introduced Todd. You know, I have a great honor, ladies and gentlemen. He's my screener. I think he's an extraordinary man. I think he'll do a great job as county supervisor. So it's my honor to introduce Todd the Jew Spitzer. <laughs> 
Oh, he's in the corner yeah. with his hand over his eyes, shaking his head. All right, guys. Glad uh, to see you've become so politically correct. Yeah. In my absence. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, you guys ready to do it? Let's do it. And uh, Rich, you're joining us on uh, this. Actually, I'm t- uh, technically supposed to be observing. Okay, today. Rich I'm is retraining. A- okay. I already told you before there was yes. no way you weren't going to be on the air. Yeah. And what we do is, as we go around, we'll you'll hear Rich. And he's going. Did you say he's going to be here tomorrow, Friday, and all next week? Doing the sports, mm-hmm. trying to keep you in line. Yeah. Good luck, yeah. Rich. That's right. You're off to the Rich, you're off to Richmond to visit family, right? That is right. Okay. Yes. Let's do it, guys. Lead story. Hell is for children. So uh, the president defends his immigration policies and he says you have to take the children away to prosecute the parents. This is hard line stuff. He keeps on blaming the Democrats, of course, uh, for his decision, his zero tolerance policy. And uh, it's it's there's no reality there. At least own it. At least own it. Say, hey, uh, we we are separating kids because of zero tolerance. And here's why. And it's a reason. It's a legitimate reason. I don't agree with it, but it's a logical reason to separate kids if you want to stop parents from coming over the border, saying this is a deterrent. But own the damn thing! I mean, Sessions kind of did this week for the first time. Yeah. He did make the comment that we hope yeah. that it is a deterrent. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, so Rich, what do you think of this? Um, okay, thank you. Yes. Uh, uh, I, know, I, I know I really despise that Stephen Miller guy who's, I think, behind all of, behind all of this. He yeah. is really a creep. By the way, you're going to know uh, by the time Rich leaves, Rich is a flaming liberal. I mean, Bernie Sanders looks like he's a fascist compared to Rich. In fact, let's do this right now because it'll be my last chance. Oh, no. Uh, Angry tweets go to at Boxing Rich on Twitter. (laughs) Oh, yeah. By the time. Rich, buckle in, buddy. Yeah. um, The the landscape has changed quite a bit. I forgot about that. Usually, this used to be actual hate mail. Oh, you'll get get it. uh, Well, it'll be hate tweets tweets because they're easier to send. And what's yeah. kind of fun is I'm going to look like the uh, the, the middle, right, the right be the moderate because oh, yeah. I'm fairly moderate. But when Rich was here, I was the, my moderate was accepted. Today, as moderate, I'm considered totally left wing. Well, the people who who have assumed that about yeah. you for a while now they're going to see yeah, the difference. That's right. between oh. fake left wing and real left wing. All right, Rachel Maddow started crying during her broadcast yesterday. Rachel Maddow. I think she's brilliant. Uh, you know she's a, a female lesbian person. Yeah, that we, aside, we were aware of that. Okay. She started uh, reading this story. AP's just broke some news. This is incredible. She said it described how toddlers are being detained, and she started to cry. Yeah, she she apologized down. later on Twitter for crying during her broadcast. Yeah, she got very upset. She's very liberal also, and uh, is... And I, I think she's brilliant in how she does it. She's just one smart uh, female lesbian person. But see, I have to, I appreciate the <clears throat> fact that she apologized for crying 
on Twitter I'm because like, as a news person, I don't. She's not a news person. Well, I realize this, but I, I also feel like, you know what I don't like? I don't like when reporters put like sad music behind their story. Right. Don't tell me how to feel. What? And so when you start to cry during it, what am I supposed to feel? Empathy for you? No, like, I it, think, should I, I be think, able to make no, my own decision? I don't, I don't think she did it as part of her broadcast to evoke empathy. I think she genuinely was this upset. And since she's not a reporter, I think it's legitimate for her to cry. I still think it was good that she apologized. All right. Couldn't agree, disagree with you more. Uh, Let's do it. Uh, We'll take a break and then uh, come back, and then we'll start getting through these stories pretty quickly. KFI handle here uh, and uh, the morning crew. It is uh, Wednesday, June 20th. uh, More Handle on the news. Uh, Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, uh, Rich Murata in uh, today and all of next week. And uh, just let's move on. Well, uh, I have bad news for George Takei. A Bill. male homosexual person. Oh, come on, Bill. Now you ruined my intro to this story. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, take I, two. I apologize. And it involves you. Uh, of course it does. I have bad news for George Takei. Bill Handel said it first. Uh, George Takei wrote an op-ed piece. It was published in uh, Foreign Policy magazine yesterday. And he said that what's happening at the border with the separation of the families is worse than the Japanese internment camps in World War II because, as Bill Handel already said, the families were together in those however, camps. Now, however, that's a matter of opinion whether well, that they, makes they it were. better or worse. Well, there's but one. But you already made that however, observation. Uh, Sorry, all, George. Wait a sec. You also have to uh, take uh, another little bit of reality, and that is uh, the separation in the in this case is a matter of a couple of months for the most part. They were four years in the internment camp. And so there is a difference. There is a in that case, there was a big difference. Also, the facilities in the internment camp were horrible compared to the facilities of the detention center. I mean, you can argue the you can argue the uh, the cages, et cetera, but the place is air conditioned. I'm assuming, and uh, there. Whereas the other camps, if you looked at documentaries about Manzanar, uh, it was just out in the desert. I mean, it was, and they built these wooden barracks for uh and it was 110 degrees and uh, they're still out there so you know this is a lot worse a than difference. optics of course but the optics of the cages yeah it's horrible you know, cages yeah they're horrible that's not good no it's not good well this might literally come down to dollars and cents because now there's a new study that says these tent cities cost millions more than keeping migrant kids with their parents uh, per person per Per night, night. and uh, it's uh, way less, obviously. It's in the 200 range for uh, when they don't separate the families. And you wonder, I mean, how much can a tent cost? You go to the big five when tents are on sale, and you pick up a tent for 80 bucks. Problem is, the food, the staff, the medical staff, uh, they have to be given education, so they have to have courses. Uh, so it it racks up for a lot of money. On this is camps. apples and oranges anyway. I'm I'm starting to get actually angry about the whole way this is being covered because they're making it sound like, oh, just keep them together. That right. That the alternative is just keep them together. 
This all has to do with the decision to prosecute the people. That's correct. That's the That's issue. It. Right. This is the secondary effect of the decision Absolutely. for zero tolerance on prosecuting every single piddly yeah. ass misdemeanor illegal entry case that they get. Uh, oh, that's me. Uh, the U.S. is out of the U.N. Human Rights Council. Yes. And I couldn't agree It's in more. protest of what, I love this, what the Trump administration perceives as a bias against Israel. Perceives? It's not a perception. It is There's true. There's a bias against Israel. Half of the resolutions passed by the Human Rights Commission, half, have been against Israel. That was until the U.S. joined. Right. Then and it then dropped goes down to a to, fifth, right, down which to is 20%. still wildly disproportionate. Right. In the meantime, uh, you have countries uh, that uh, wildly uh, engage in uh, human rights violations, and they're not touched. Rwanda. Imagine the irony of Rwanda voting to condemn Israel. Israel. Right. So, it's not that Israel is perfect. That's not my point. But Rwanda or Congo? It's... Pointing the finger at Israel? And there and Israel's the one that gets nailed by the Human Rights Commission over and over and over again. Uh, so I, I agree with the Trump administration on this one, and not necessarily just because of Israel. Any country that would be singled out, while all the rest of the countries who are— I mean, you, you talk about uh, human rights violations, cluster bombs, wiping out families, hospitals. Oh, no, it's Israel. Israel, the oppressors, uh, it's just crazy. I think the reason this is getting such a big headline is because while the U.S. is calling the U.N. Human Rights Council hypocritical, some people are calling the U.S. hypocritical because they say that what we're doing to the families at the border is a human rights issue. Right, of course, everything we do and what Israel does is a human rights violation, naturally. Actually, uh, the creation of Israel itself is a human rights violation. This is why I have always advocated you take the U.N. building, right, you evict everybody and turn it into condos. Except there are no corner, there are no windows in the corner. If you look at that, there are no corner offices uh, because they wanted it to be, uh, everybody has to be at the the same level. Yeah, there's a sense of equality. So everybody can vote against Israel uh, without uh, corner windows, and it worked out beautifully. A man who stabbed someone in the face at a Burber- Burger King in Burbank has died by his own knife. Now, the elderly man, that's how they're describing him, yesterday who was stabbed in the face is expected to survive. This is Burbank Police Sergeant Derek Green, who says that the attack was apparently random. Immediately, a patron inside the restaurant intervened and became engaged in a struggle with that suspect in an attempt to disarm him of the knife. By the way, he talked to KTLA on that one, and they say that the attacker was fatally injured by his own knife while he was struggling with the Good Samaritan. Yep. Was this after or before he ate the Whopper? Do we know? Handle. All right, let's take a break. Jennifer, you want to share? <sighs> yes. KFI Handle here on a Tuesday, a Wednesday morning. And we continue on with Handle on the News uh, with Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, me, and uh, Rich Barada. 
is here observing because Rich uh, start you start tomorrow, right, Rich? Yes. The okay. Action, yes. Now uh, interesting uh, journey being yes. Here. <laughs> now uh, he's going to be doing sports like he used to do, which he did for twenty one and a half years on the show. Now he actually was on the morning show two years before I did the show. So uh, he is, if you look at the longevity, and he was on with uh, the two gals, TNT in the morning. Tracy and... Uh, uh, Terry. Terry Ray and uh, Tracy Miller. And uh, Tracy, uh, she's, Tracy's the one that passed away. Right, uh, I yes. think of a brain uh, tumor. Uh, and she just is such a talented, wonderful lady. And, uh, well, anyway, uh, I'm going to get all the press and start crying like uh, Rachel Maddow. Then I'll make you apologize. Uh, yeah. I can cry. <laughs> what was worse, Rachel Maddow crying or Kent Shocknick jumping under the table when the earthquake hit? Uh, oh, that's right. Kent Shocknick jumping <laughs> under the table. That. He got a lot of grief for that. For those that don't know, he was a television uh, yeah. news guy, very I famous in Los Angeles. Earthquake hit. He was on the air. He dived <laughs> under the desk. <laughs> but that's the camera shot. You're looking I, at oh, the yeah, desk. No, it's right there. <laughs> however, however. What people don't notice is you had these television lights that oh, weighed yeah. 200 pounds each that were swaying. <laughs> and uh, he, that's, I would have done that. Well, first, I would have died. There would be other people under the desk with me. I would have pushed them yeah. for, uh, yes. off uh, from under the desk. Including and then, your kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back we go. Uh, wow. Road rage attack at an Arco gas station in Pasadena yesterday with a very interesting weapon. Uh, it started out your standard road rage, uh, but one guy gets out of his car with a machete. The other guy gets out of his car not with a club, with the club, right, the that thing that you lock your steering, steering wheel, wheel with. with. And then the guy who had the machete did a stupid thing. He put the machete down. I guess he thought he would be honorable. Yeah. He puts the machete down and he says, let's fist fight. And the other guy says, no, I'm holding the club. Blap, 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 oh, blap, yeah. blap on yeah. you. So do you think the commercial uh, for the effectiveness of the club is going to change? It's like an added feature. <laughs> yeah. This really works. Defend your car and yourself yes. with the club. All right. This one, I think uh, we should just read the headline. The closing arguments being heard in the trial of a man from West Hollywood charged with torture murder of fiance who was drained of blood. Uh, I don't think there's much more to say other than uh, he tortured, murdered her, and uh, drained, drained her, her, blood. her blood. Yeah. Well, uh, how do you do that? I mean, how do you uh, yeah, For the, the most blood? part, I think... Uh, well, the easiest way of doing it is to is hang someone upside down and cut the throat. I mean, realistically, let the gravity do it. Oh, yeah, because once you've killed someone, uh, the blood does not drain. There's no heart to pump the blood out. I mean, you have to be alive to do that. So uh, that's, oh, God, just the visual on that one is horrible. So let's just move on. Um. Wow, this will seem like a breath of fresh air, even though it's pretty disgusting as well. A doctor in Newport Beach is facing misdemeanor charges. He's accused of sending text messages to cheerleaders at a high school where he volunteered. Now, they're not telling us what the text said. They're describing them as sexually motivated. Now, if you think of it, this uh, relative to everything that's going on, this is good news because... There was no molestation. There was no rape. There was no touching. Uh, and I guess in today's day and age, uh, that's considered a light story relative to what's happening out there. Yeah. 
It's two misdemeanor counts of child annoyance. Yeah, child annoyance. So they must not have been explicit, yeah, is what I'm thinking. But it was obvious that he was trying to gauge Like, what are you just, wearing? Maybe, yeah. But even that, is, that would be sexual, I think. I don't think you can charge that as... Uh, as a sexual like enticement, crime? like enticement. Of what are you minor. wearing? I don't think so. I ask you. It's pretty gross. But here's the part we didn't say. He's a doctor who volunteers for the cheerleading team at uh, UC Irvine. And from what I understand, he's on leave now oh, from yeah, his job as an orthopedist of at a course. Kaiser Permanente yeah, facility. Uh, uh, Wayne and I text each other all the time and ask, "What are you what wearing? Are you, what are you wearing? <laughs> oh, constantly, <laughs> right now." And do you like gladiator movies? Uh, uh, the, the thing is, I think I'm going to stop though because too often the answer from him is nothing. Oh, it's wrong. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, uh, one child predator who has been on the run now for two decades finally has been captured. Allegations preying on five girls, uh, ages six to eleven, and uh, was 15. originally. Oh, sorry. I mean, just crazy. Yeah, right. Fifteen counts, felony counts, lewd act on a child. So he uh, post bail, he skips, and he ends up going to what is it, Venezuela, El Salvador, uh, El Salvador, yeah. and uh, then comes home, then comes back to the United States. I mean, the guy's an idiot. Well, no. After two, you know, after two decades, you figure I, no I'm one's okay. yeah, gonna no notice. one's going to touch me. The coast is never clear. Not, I can not anymore. You not anymore. The coast is never clear. Uh, LADA's office will not file criminal charges against Scott Bayo. This is based on allegations that um, Nicole Eggert made as co-star in Charles in Charge, uh, and they said, "Look, they're just—it's too old." It's not. Right. It's not about whether we think it's true or not. It's about it's in the '80s, right. outside the statute of limitations. So he was like Chachi then. Was uh, that he was Charles in charge. Oh, that's even post Chachi. So, yes. Yeah. So he as a promotion from Chachi. He, he admits to a sexual relationship, consensual, after she was 18. After she was 18, that's important. And uh, because the DA said we can't charge uh, because of the statute of limitations, she took to Twitter. And uh, said that the filing was rejected solely on the statute of limitations. And somehow uh, that's considered wrong. It was 30 years ago. The statute has run out. And what, what are, what's the DA supposed to do? Well, I, we're going to charge anyway, even though the law doesn't let us. I mean, I, I, I think her point is don't take from this decision that they didn't believe it. Don't take from the yeah, fact because, that they're not filing that they didn't believe it. They didn't have to go that far. Whether they believed it, didn't believe it, they said, it's the statute. Can she We're still done. go after him civilly no. in any way? No. No. Statute is long, long gone. All she can do is go publicly, is uh, try to embarrass him and hope that he is uh, somehow affected professionally because of an allegation uh, 30 years ago and hope uh, that, okay, now I can try to destroy him. Uh, I can try to score uh, career-wise. That's all. You know, and she's doing that. She's do- That's specifically what she is doing. All right, we'll take a break, come back, and finish all this up. This is KFI.
This is KFI Handle here on a Wednesday with the morning crew as we finish Handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, uh, and Rich Murata observing today because Rich starts doing the sports tomorrow and uh, through the rest of the week as Wayne is off to the wars in Richmond. Okay, the capital of the comp- of the conspiracy of the Confederate. That's not why I'm going though. Yeah. <laughs> That's not my interest in the city. Okay, uh, let's do it, Jen. All right. So it looks like we are flying the not so friendly skies these days, or maybe the uh, trying to be too friendly. <laughs> now, yeah, the numbers here are tiny. And uh, I don't know what kind of story there is. It's on the rise. So uh, 63 cases of in-flight sexual assault reported to the feds uh, last year, up from 38 in 2014. How many people fly in this country a year? Hundreds of millions of flights of of, of people. So you have 38 sexual assaults. And this is when people are asleep. The blanket is on, long haul, and then they wake up. Uh, usually it's women with the guy next door uh, sitting next to him with his hand uh, down uh, the crotch uh, or down the pants. And, uh, okay, you know, 38 of them. So let's arrest him, which they do. Well, uh, L.A. County's going to get a new jail. It's going to cost $2.2 billion, and maybe it'll be finished in 10 years. You should have had to knock down jail bags. How does that work? To uh, build, uh, to construct a prison, and it takes 10 years to build it. You think a couple of years to uh, build, like a super skyscraper, it takes maybe three years to build. In any case, uh, this is, it's going to be a more modern jail replacing uh, Men's Central Jail built in 1963. Oh, that is a crap hole. Yeah, and that's their point, saying this is so old, we need it. And then there are people in the Republic hearing screaming, we don't need more jails. Well, it's not more jails, it's a new jail. And they have to do it because... It's going to focus mainly on prisoners with either uh, mental illness, medical or mental illness problems, which you know what happens when you don't provide adequate medical intervention. You get your jail system taken over by the feds and a receivership, and they don't want that to happen. So I I, they have no choice. They have to build a new prison. I mean, okay. I mean, you can uh, scream about it all you want. They have to build a new prison. This is part of infrastructure. Well, Paul Manafort is in solitary. One of these days I'm going to sit down and talk to Paul. For his own safety, they say. Because they're concerned, the warden is at the prison that he's in, that someone would violently attack Manafort just for street cred. Sure. Say, look who I got. So they put him in solitary. Now, the Washington Post and... uh, other news outlets uh, talked about uh, that he was booked into the VIP section of the jail. Is there such thing as a VIP section? I did not know there. Was I didn't know either. Uh, I think it's they... not a good. It's not a good term. But yes, for high profile. But it's but it's people. a question of. But it's it's not a better place. No, is it? it's, it's not. just it's, you're it, by yourself. VIP just refers to the the inmate who has a high profile, not to the accommodations. Got it. What sucks though is every time he needs to leave his cell for anything. All the other inmates have to all get back in their cells. So you know they're oh, not happy that, he, yeah, that he's there. Well, uh, Jared Taylor, he's a white nationalist. He founded this publication, American Renaissance. And a judge said he can proceed with his lawsuit against Twitter for uh, banning his account. Tweet a little tweet on Twitter. Yes, I'm going to sue. Sue, sue. Oh, yes, 
little wonky here uh, because there was a, uh, a an argument uh, regarding the anti-slap law, and that's what Twitter argued that his complaint violated the anti-slap law, which penalizes malicious lawsuits meant to su- suppress speech, and just it really delays. I had a lawsuit uh, against uh, a group of people who uh, filed as former workers who uh, filed a claim uh, against me. And uh, uh, we countered right back for malicious prosecution because they made it up. And so and we were going to win. We knew that. But they filed an anti-slap statute that delayed everything two years. That's what anti-slap does. And Twitter is arguing this is just a violation of the anti-slap statute, but which they lost that of argument. Of course, they lost. So now, it. and that doesn't mean he's going to win. But no. uh, what he gets, what he gets to pursue is the idea that Twitter is misleads the public by saying it's an open platform, but then they ban people based on their political right. viewpoints. Okay, uh, now, uh, how do you get laid? Apparently, you pose as a general with a helicopter. Uh, yeah. Now, that's going a long way. This guy didn't think so. Uh, yeah. So he's a car mechanic. He's a car mechanic. Dresses as a three-star, three-star U.S. General. Army. Uh, charters a helicopter. Uh, and uh, he lands. Uh, uh, he Where did he land? At a, at a, a research business park in Cary, North Carolina. <laughs> He just lands the thing, and he gets out, and then he tells them that he's there acting on orders the from the president, president, and all of it to impress a lady. Yeah. I wonder if the lady was uh, <laughs> properly impressed. All right, let's uh, take Probably a wouldn't look. work with your wife, though. No, right? God, no. All right. <laughs> Poses uh, a general. Coming up, <laughs> coming up uh, the tender age shelters are being opened. Now, that's what they're calling them, the tender age shelters. This all has to do with the separation of families. Because obviously that is huge, huge news. That story has serious legs. It has not stopped, and it may actually be expanding. KFI AM 640. KFI handle here on a Wednesday, June 20th with the morning crew. Uh, The big stories that we are covering, uh, and we'll be doing this a little bit later on, uh, U.S. withdrawal from the U.N. Human Rights Council, because we don't like human rights, right? Uh, No, no. It's all kinds of political reasons. I couldn't agree more. Uh, And am I biased? Oh, hell yes. And the accusation is uh, the reason we're leaving is because of bias. And so uh, we'll share that. Uh, That's uh, coming up. Uh, a little bit later on at 8 o'clock. All right. Now, uh, let's continue on. I mean, we have no choice. Continue on with the story of the separation of the families at the border. And so now we're hearing for the first time the uh, words tender age shelters. There are three of them and the plan to open a fourth shelter. These are for toddlers and infants. These are separate. And Lawyers and medical providers uh, describe uh, the playrooms of crying preschool-aged children in crisis. Now, no one is arguing they're not being treated well, these toddlers and the infants. They are uh, being treated well. There is support there. Uh, There are professionals. There are caregivers. There are psychologists, youth psychologists. But the entire issue is separating them from their parents. That is the issue here. 
And the psychologists who have been there uh, say in reporters, you can see these kids. Now, is it exaggerated? I don't know. The government is not even arguing this exaggerated. The government is simply saying that it is necessary and it is justified. It's separating kids from their parents for even a period of a few days. And uh, some go as quickly as a few days. Others uh, are separated for several months. And so what is going on with that? Well, it's all optics. And there are a few things that are happening. And this is the Trump administration doing everything wrong, even when they have a rational decision for doing what they're doing. Because if you look at their rationality, and that is the number one item on the president's uh, must-do list in terms of the border is securing the border, keeping people from going in which is why he wants the walls. The wall 25 feet high is going to, across the border, is going to stop people from coming in. Okay, and it probably will. It'll certainly reduce the number of people. So the other side of it is we're going to make it as difficult as possible for people who do make it in. And we don't want illegal aliens because he describes illegal aliens in rather harsh terms. Uh, they are horrible. They do nothing for society. Basically, they're vermin is the way he describes illegal aliens. They're the bane of our existence. I mean, he really goes for it big time. So what the United States is now doing under the zero tolerance policy is once they've come across the border, make it as difficult as they can, uh, can for deterrence, which it does deter. I mean, it's there's success here. The problem is the optics. The problem, do you do it at uh, the expense of separating kids from their families and the kids become traumatized? And that's true. I mean, you have children. Think of uh, all of a sudden your children, and when they're toddlers, being yanked from you, screaming, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, and off they go into some center with uh, a bunch of strangers and other kids. How can that, be, how can that not be traumatic? So the, quote, tender age shelters, of which we have not seen photos of those yet. One thing about the government, they're being very, very careful about what information is being released in photos and videos and how the reporters see what they see. And here is the issue. If you agree, if the border is so important in terms of security and you agree that the president is correct, which, by the way, Republicans do. You know, the majority of Republicans think that's a good idea. Then the argument is, why don't you, first of all, own it? As opposed to blaming the Democrats. Because it's the Democrats fault. How is that? Well, because the Democrats won't give me my wall and we don't have comprehensive uh, security wouldn't have comprehensive uh, we don't uh, immigration policy so therefore the Democrats are forcing us to change our policy to arrest people at the border zero tolerance huh where's the logic there is none it's just a straight-out falsehood Democrats are not forcing the issue it's the president making the decision that every single person crossing the border illegally will be criminally charged. As opposed to the government can make a decision they won't be criminally charged. And if everybody is criminally charged, then 
they have to go into a federal detention center and by law have to be separated uh, from their kids. I mean, that's the logic here, and it works. I mean, clearly, that's the way it is simply intended to be, and it follows exactly what the law is. The issue to decide to put them and charge them with a criminal violation is the Trump's decision. So when Christian Nielsen, who is a head of uh, Homeland Security, temporary head of which all of this falls under, says we have no choice, we are simply following the law, they do have a choice. It was a policy shift. It was a directive from the president that said there will be zero tolerance. So just own the damn thing, please. Just say, yeah, here's why we're doing it. Yes. Uh, No, it's the Democrats' fault. And the optics are horrible here. I mean, god-awful. They couldn't be worse, and everybody seems to understand that except for the president. All right, coming up. The Republicans are uh, pressuring uh, President Trump for border solutions. I'll I'll talk about that when we come back. swallowed part of my ham and cheese on a baguette wrong way so it's uh actually it's not you know when you say you swallow the wrong way it goes down the wrong uh yeah it's not uh it doesn't go down the wrong pipe if it went into your lungs you'd be it'd be a mess i mean you'd be uh in the hospital literally in a matter of minutes all right uh some of the big stories oh this is handle by the way in uh, case you've just tuned in and have no idea what station uh, you've tuned uh, tuned into. Some of the big stories that we're covering, of course, and we're going to do a little bit later on, coming up at 8 o'clock, uh, the U.S. withdrawing uh, from the U.N. Human Rights Council. We'll talk more about that. And then later on, Canada. Uh, that's a fairly big story. The second country in the world and the first G7 nation to legalize recreational marijuana. The first one... Uh, Well, there's a story there, too. All right, back we go to this entire issue of separation of families. And I want to take a political spin on this. And that is the optics are so horrible of the separation issue that even the Republicans are scrambling to change it and telling the president, you can't do this. Now, this is the president's party. Donald Trump owns the Republican Party outright. And... Any Republican running against Donald Trump, look at Mark Sanford, uh, is going to lose. To be an anti-Trumpist is to be an to be unreelectable. However, when it comes to this, I mean, this seems to be uh, a point of which it crosses the line by the Republicans, and the president not only is doubling down, uh, what he is doing is ripping into the immigrants. Effectively, call, well, not even effectively, calling the immigration, the illegal immigration story, the, one of the worst disasters in the history of uh, the United States. Uh, things like, and I love this, uh, proposals to provide more immigration judges to deal with this huge onslaught of the number of criminal prosecutions. There simply aren't enough judges. 
So, okay, there's a proposal. Republicans are saying, Democrats are saying more judges then. And Trump says, I don't want judges. I want border security. We have to uh, have a real border, not judges. Thousands and thousands of judges they want to hire. Well, Justice Department recently announced it was sending 18 of them to the border region. Cruz, Ted Cruz, he introduced a bill that would call that would send hundreds to the border. But uh, Donald Trump says uh, thousands and thousands of judges they want to hire. A little bit of exaggeration, right? And then he asks, who are these people? They're judges. That's who these people are. It's uh, the way he is portraying uh, the illegal immigrants uh, is in a very vicious manner. I mean, the bottom line is there is absolutely no recognition that illegal aliens, particularly bringing their kids over or uh, youngsters, young people coming over on their own, uh, is that they're that they're escaping horrors in their country of origin. They are escaping deprivation. They are escaping gang violence. I mean, you, you can't argue with that. Now, do you stop them at the border? Well, yeah, you have to have, there has to be border security. You cannot just open the border and let them in in mass. I mean, that is untenable. But recognizing that these are people that are simply trying to create a life for themselves and their families without being killed or tortured or starved to death, without being under the power of the narco-trafficantes, the gangs. You can't live like that. And they're willing to risk this trek over thousands of miles to get to the United States with the hope that they are going to be able to live here and understanding the probability that they're not, that they will be deported. And this entire, and, and, and that's the reason they're coming. And uh, Donald Trump paints them as uh, uh, they're mainly drug smugglers. Uh, They're human traffickers. That's the reason that there are so many people coming across the border. That they're people we certainly don't want. That immigration is the worst thing that happens to us. It's obviously a question of perception. Which way do you go? How do you perceive these people? The uh, activists, the uh, pro-immigration activists regard these people as the best thing that could ever happen to America. Let's open up the borders, Jerry Brown uh, and the California legislature. Others say we have to close it off to the point where we need the wall. So the Republicans are saying at least don't separate the families. And the Trump administration is saying it's not us that's making this happen, although it's hilarious because that was a direct order from the president. He has the power to say yes or no as to separating the families, but it's uh, off it goes to the Democrats. And he says Congress should take care of it. Let Congress deal with it. Well, having Congress deal with it is letting them build the wall. That's how you take care of uh, these immigrants coming over. That's how you stop the Justice Department from charging them with a criminal violation as opposed to a civil violation. It's... You give me my wall and I will sign the bill. Now, he's there is some backpedaling here because there is a scramble among both sides of the aisle to pass legislation that would deal just with this, the separation of families. So then it becomes the law. You can't separate families. And at first I thought the president would veto that. 
because it's not going to include his $25 billion wall. And uh, we're hearing from the White House, well, he would consider signing a an immediate emergency stopgap measure with the families. But he is not going to separate. He will not put those families together unless Congress passes a bill, even though he has the absolute power to do so. And, in fact, he exercised that power when he said everybody's going to be charged criminally and we will separate the families as a result of the criminal charges. All right, coming back, Clark Howard, Cheapskate University, coming right up. Hey. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. I must spend my money. Pretty lady. Pretty lady. All right. Stay Handle here on a Wednesday, June 20th. Some of the top stories we're covering, of course, uh, the shelters uh, that are holding children after being separated from the fam- for their parents. Uh, Congress is looks like they're going to vote into emergency legislation to keep families together. Uh, marijuana story. And then uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, uh, the... Um, the United States withdrawing from the U.N. Human Rights Council because we hate human rights, right? Wrong. All right, time for Clark Howard and Cheapskate University. Clark, good morning, and we have a lot to cover, and I know it's your birthday, so happy birthday. Okay, now let's move on. Okay, let's start with uh, the AMC Movie Pass subscriptions. Your take on those. This is so fantastic for someone who moderately likes going to the movies, but unbelievable for someone who likes going to the movies all the time. You know, now that the one we talked about before, Movie Pass, is in so much financial trouble, and people are like, what am I going to do if Movie Pass doesn't survive? AMC now has their own deal that launches next Tuesday. It's $19.95 a month, and it gets you three movies a week, even including IMAX. So you could go to potentially 12 movies a month if you're a movie extreme lover and it would cost you like a buck 50 a movie even if you go just a couple of times a month you're even with what buying tickets would be you go once a week you're way ahead of the game so uh is this subs- do you have to sign up for a you contract sign up, it, you sign up it's not a contract but you sign up for a subscription okay in amc's program and they don't have it on their website yet. We're ahead of their website, but it will be on there next Tuesday. It's called AMC Stubbs Premier. Now, they've had a program called Stubbs. They've had a version called Premier for a while. This is an, a new level of service where for the 20 bucks a month, you get three movies a week. Uh, and- how- I'm sorry. How is uh, Netflix and the other streaming services affecting the movie industry? And it's I, I'm I'm reading that it's not as much as would be expected. It's actually it it has made it tough for theaters. You know, it's hard for theaters to get rear ends and seats because you now have these huge screen TVs at home with the fantastic sound systems. You don't have to go stand in a line and buy overpriced concessions. So this is an industry that is under assault from so many different directions. And I think it is tough for the for the theaters to make a go of it. And then you have MoviePass that came along and made unlimited movies $10 a month. It really put a world of hurt on the frequent moviegoer who would generate a lot of revenue for a theater chain coming and buying tickets. So this is AMC's answer 
to both issues, trying to get people who not all the time are into going to movies, but maybe get them in there more. And then for the frequent movie goer to get them off a movie pass and get them onto the AMC program. Um, Are movie uh, theaters going uh, by the way of, uh, for example, books, newspapers, uh, brick and mortar stores where it's uh, they're decreasing like crazy. They are decreasing. It's not like crazy, but they are, and they're kind of like the decline of the Roman Empire. It's not like they've fallen off a cliff, but there is a decline in importance and significance for theaters. All right. Now, uh, before we get to deal of the week, I'm looking at Clark Howard's six-step guide to lowering your monthly bills. And if we can do it in two, three minutes, that would be terrific. Well, it's funny that you brought up the thing about Netflix and stuff. The key area where people overpay are things involved with technology in the home or on the go. And pay TV is at the top of the list of an area where you can make an enormous difference each month in what you're paying. And the whole key is to put the companies into competition with each other. And if you've signed a contract with DirecTV or Dish Network, as soon as that contract's up, you go to the other player or you go to uh, the phone company. You know, if you've got Verizon selling TV or AT&T selling TV or you got your cable company selling TV, you put them all into direct competition with each other and always have on your calendar when the deal you've signed up for is going to expire and then you shop again. And that alone will usually save you from about 700 a year to over 1000 a year. That's a chunk of money. Uh, you know, I, we know that uh, we talked about my contract with uh, DirecTV. It was much like uh, the lease of uh, the United States, or the lease with uh, England and Hong Kong, 99 years. Right. And uh, it's, uh, it's a killer. Yeah. So another area where people get into those contracts, burglar alarms. But the burglar alarm industry is going through more disruption right now than it has since the industry started. And it's because with the miniaturization of circuits and the ability for people to do stuff themselves, you can now do a self-install burglar alarm in your home or do cheaper monitoring for the system you have. And it's incredible how much money you can save with burglar alarms. I've got a guide at Clark.com of all these different choices available for a self-install burglar alarm. But if you have a traditional burglar alarm already in your home, you can shop the monitoring and do it with people who will not require a contract. Yeah. Traditional monitoring, you should be able to get for around 12 to $15 a month yeah, I don't just even, by shopping around. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about how much I pay. It's been $30 a month forever. Uh, but you're right. As soon as my contract's up, that's where that's going. And uh, one of the areas you can save a ton is cell phones. And when we get to deal of the week, there's a new cell phone service that launched today that's $10 a month for unlimited talk, text, and a measly amount of data, but enough for about right. a third of us. I'm going to fill you in on that. Yeah, when we'll we do that when we come back. And, you're, and it doesn't involve a can with a string, does it? No, it's no, probably it worse. Not. Okay, uh, we're going to come back and start with that. Deal of the week and the cell phone offer with uh, Clark Howard. Uh, KFI, let's check in with uh, Jennifer. Hey, Clark, can we get a deal of the week? It's my birthday. Uh, I still look good, though. KFI, handle here on a uh, June 
June 20th, Wednesday, Clark Howard deal of the week. Uh, Clark, happy birthday. How old are you now? 63. Wow, you look good for 63, I have to tell you. thank you. Happy birthday, Clark. Yeah, happy birthday, Clark. 63 years old. Wowie zowie. No one in Okay, never mind. So you're going to retire in two years, and it's all over, right, Clark? Nope. Oh. No, you know, we're we're growing Clark.com so fast and I mean it's just booming and so I think I'm gonna be working till I can't find my way to work anymore. Excellent. All right, let's go back to uh deal of the week. And you got, as usual, uh, a lot of deals going down. All right. So first one is brand new this morning. This is a day of brand new things, right? There is a cell phone plan that went live today in Los Angeles. That is $10 a month for unlimited talk, unlimited text, and you get one gig of data for that. One gig is in the limit of about probably what about a third of people use in a month on a cell phone. After that, you don't pay overages. You're just slowed down to like what cell phone service was like 10 years ago for data. At 15 a month, you get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and two gigs of data that gets you to a point that that covers more than half of cell phone users in the country at 15 flat a month. And at 30 a month, which is not, we're moving out of deal territory at that, it's unlimited talk, unlimited text, and five gigs of data, which covers the overwhelming number of people. In how, the much, how much uh, data do you use? How many gigs? I use about six gigs a month. Hmm. Okay. So the 10 and 15 are screaming deals. And the company, you go to unrealmobile.com. There's no stores you can go to. Everything is done online. If you have a customer service problem, well, I don't know what you do about that. But it is a fantastic deal. It's not a promotional offer. This is their deal, 10, 15, and 30. Got it. And the network is uh, the backbone they buy from is Sprint, which is a mediocre network. But if you're willing to save big money, this is an opportunity. You know, I'm always willing to accept lower quality for a lower price, and I'm signing up for it just so I can test it so that I'll be able to share with people, is it too cheap that it's not worth it, or is it such a deal you should keep it? Now, to be fair, Clark, uh, you have to tell people, total disclaimer, that uh, Clark uh, eats used food. Uh, to save money no but i do wear used clothes all right i gotta tell you i know this is something i should not tell you but yesterday you know i tape tv every week and yesterday i was so proud i showed up with a tie i bought at dollar tree for a dollar they had father's day ties last week for a dollar so i bought uh, several of them the tie was so flimsy it couldn't hold the weight of the lav mic True story. Fantastic. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. So I will actually be that cheap. But do I have a deal for you? Please. Right. So if you're a business owner, I've got a way you can get a round-trip ticket from L.A. to Hawaii effectively for 25 bucks. If you are just a normal human being, I can get you to Hawaii for about forty-seven fifty round-trip. That's amazing because uh, normal, now we're in high season. And uh, going to Hawaii is six, seven hundred bucks, right? Not right now, by the way. There are deals to Hawaii that are going to continue getting better and better all this year because there's a lot of new competition to Hawaii today. Uh, Hawaiian has LA to Kona for 397 round trip. 
and there are deals popping up to Hawaii every day. But the deal I have for you is so bizarre and so weird that I'm going to explain it as best I can on radio. If it doesn't make sense, go to look at Clark Deals because I have this for you. British Airways has a Visa card that you get through Chase. It's $95 annual fee. To get people to sign up for it, they're doing 50,000 bonus points if you spend 3000 bucks on it in the first 90 days. Now, this is where uh, people that are bigger spenders or business travelers or whatever, if you spend over the next year an additional uh, 20000 bucks, you get a grand total of 100,000 points. Well, let's just talk about the 50000 British Airways partner is American. I did this for my daughter and son-in-law recently they went la to maui for 25,000 points each round trip paid 11 dollars and 20 cents a ticket for government fees so that means with this card you spend 95 dollars you get the initial bonus you get two free round trip tickets on american to hawaii but that's next year right no 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 because remember, you get fifty thousand in the first ninety days. Okay, so uh, you, but so you, you have get but, two free tickets. But you have bam. to spend the money first, right? Three thousand bucks on the card. So if you walk in, if you want to go right now, forget it. But this is an opportunity with these airline uh, mile card bonuses. This is the best bonus in the world, and this is a loophole that I know. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm going to really gonna, mess this yeah, up. Yeah, they're going to close it up instantly. But uh, it's designed right. to get you to get these points on British Airways, but because of the American Airlines partnership, and from L.A. to the Hawaiian Islands, is when seats are available, only 25,000 points round trip. Which is uh, nothing short of incredible if you know about points. Clark, uh, we are out of time. Happy oh, birthday. Oh, I got more deals. Uh, no, okay, I'll put the rest on Clark Deals. It's ClarkDeals.com and Clark.com for everything that we talk about and lots and lots more. Clark, happy birthday. Thank you. We'll talk again in a week or two. This is, oh, coming up, uh, the U.N. withdraws or the U.S. withdraws from the U.N. Human Rights Council. And boy, is it because we hate human rights? Uh, Not quite. I'll explain. KFI AM 640. On a Wednesday, June the 20th, as uh, the big stories we're covering, uh, immigration, The now we have tender age shelters. They've always been around, but uh, now uh, we're learning more and more about them. There are three of them. These are for youngsters, I mean, toddlers and babies separated from their parents uh, per the zero tolerance plan. And it looks like a fourth uh, one is under age, uh, is underway. And marijuana, California, I mean, uh, Canada is the only the second country in the world to uh, legalize recreational marijuana as a country. All right, the other big story, and I want to spend a minute or two talking about that, is the United States has withdrawn from the U.N. Human Rights Council. And, of course, that has been roundly condemned by rights groups and the rest of the U.N. And uh, it's uh, Nikki Haley, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., making the announcement alongside of U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Why is the U.S. leaving? Well, 
Uh, she cited chronic bias against Israel and uh, hit out and uh, pointed out the hypocritical and self-serving organization, and that's the U.N. Human Rights Council. Well, really? Well, maybe, because since its inception, since yeah, before the United States joined, uh, over 50% of the resolutions passed by the Human Rights Council, uh, over 50% were against Israel. Israel, the occupiers, Israel, the oppressors, even when Israel is attacked by Hamas, which happened four years ago when uh, Hamas absolutely went into Israel and uh, attacked it. And Israel fought back and no one nailed Hamas. The UN Human Rights Council didn't nail Hamas and only Israel was asked for proportional uh, response. If they attack you with three guns, you can only use three guns. If they attack with missiles, these katushas that have no guidance system, then Israel must have no guidance system on its missiles. I mean, that's how crazy it is out there. And the U.S. has simply said, you know what, we're an ally of Israel, and we're not going to take this crap anymore. In reality, Israel is the only democracy out there. And we don't agree with, uh, for example, well, now Trump does agree, but uh, with uh, the occupation of the West Bank, not an annexation yet, which uh, I don't know why they haven't. I understand the international pressure. But uh, the the uh, Human Rights Council was established in uh, 2006 with the aim of promoting and protecting human rights across the globe, but not protesting human rights violations from virtually every country in the world. No problem with Saudi Arabia, the way it treats women. Certainly no problem with countries like Egypt and Rwanda. Oh, no, uh, because they don't violate human rights. Israel violates human rights. And let's not forget that now the separation of families is a violation of human rights, as the Rights Council came down. And... Uh, taking kids away from their families, actually, if you think about it, under the Human Rights Council, is far worse than, for example, using cluster bombs to wipe out hospitals. Hey, it's a question of perception, isn't it? And, uh, oh, here's one uh, that I love. Uh, the uh, uh, the, uh, the United States, or Israel has been roundly condemned by groups and described as disappointing, if not surprising, uh, by the U.N. High Commissioner for Human Rights. What's his name? Zaid Rad al-Hussein. Why would you think he'd be anti-Israel, huh? I mean, it is truly crazy how this works. And the reality is that Israel has been hated by the world community for a very, very long time. Winning the Six-Day War, uh, that is, well, that's horrible. Uh, they shouldn't have done that. They should give off the, all the land. Uh, it's, you know, it's tough to be Israel. It's tough to be Israel, surrounded by 80 million Arabs who want the utter destruction of this company, of this country. Next door, you uh, right there on the border, Hamas, a terrorist organization, where the charter of Hamas, which is a government, is the destruction of Israel. And everybody in the world, or many countries in the world, most countries in the world, if you look at uh, the United Nations, look at Israel as a, well, a country shouldn't exist. 
And the one ally the United, that Israel has, I mean, it's one potent ally, is the United States. And the United States is saying very simply, we're out of the Human Rights Council because the way you're treating our ally. That's it. We're done. We're leaving. Now, does it really matter? Of course not. Does it have any teeth? Uh, Well, uh, the U.N. Council has no teeth. You know, it's just resolution after resolution after resolution. It's like the Security Council of the U.N. Resolution after resolution, it means nothing. But the optics certainly are there. And, for example, the optics of the president finally moving the embassy to Jerusalem and recognizing that is the capital of the state of Israel. You know when the, the capital was declared in Israel? Jerusalem is the capital. 1948, May 15th, when the country was founded. And nobody in the world, no country recognized Jerusalem as the capital. It took the United States this year to say, yep, it is the capital. Can you imagine countries around the world uh, refusing to put their embassies in Washington, D.C.? We do not recognize Washington, D.C. as the capital of the country. I mean, that's literally what happened. So the United States is going, okay, we're out of this. We're out of this charade. You know, vote all you want. Keep on passing resolution after resolution. For example, when, when missiles are launched from Hamas, from uh, the West, uh, from Gaza into Israel, it's Israel's fault. They shouldn't be there. That's effectively what is going on. Okay, uh, enough of that. Let's move over to uh, something that's really fun, and that's you being dead. When are you really dead? Well, there really is an issue here. You know, is it when uh, ratings go down here at the station on the show? Are you dead? Well, yeah, there's an argument there. We'll come back with that. KFI AM. I need to call the doctor because I'm not yet dead. He is not yet dead. That's what the teacher said. Oh, he's not yet dead. That man is on his head. He is not yet dead. Put him back in bed. Keep him on the cot because he's not yet dead. Right, when are you dead? Now, that's an interesting question, okay? I'm going to argue you are dead when you've been married for 20 years. And that was about 10 years ago for me. Okay, that's an easy one. That's a medical determination. Now, uh, why is that important? Well, because the definition of a person dead usually is brain dead, uh, which is defined in the U.S. as the irreversible cessation of all brain function, including the brain stem. And, of course, the heart and lung, uh, that can be maintained with machines. So the argument's going to be that if we can keep you alive with machines, then you are not dead. Now, the issue of keeping you alive with machines has to do with organ donation. Because uh, with brain death, uh, you're not going to find hospitals that are willing to do that. The only one that is sort of kind of willing to do that, remember the uh, now 17-year-old Jahai McMath? She was 13. You remember her? Right, who uh, was declared brain dead, and the, court, the, the, they, uh, the uh, hospital was going to yank the uh, life support. And the family said, no, no, no. They went to court. And the compromise was, the judge said, if you can find a private organization to keep her alive, knock your socks off. Well, there's a right-to-life organization. They moved her out back east someplace. 
And there she is, brain dead. But they issued a death certificate, right? I think they did. And so it's very, that's right. And they cut off Social Security, for example, which would give her Social Security she can't get because she's dead. And so it's a crazy set of circumstances. So determining death, uh, and who, incidentally, uh, the doctors, right? How many uh, physicians uh, on are required to administer the test to determine brain death? How long do you wait before testing the brain stem's reflexes? Even the type of physician, because now it's just normal physicians. Walk in, okay, dead, goodbye. Well, uh, at medical schools now, uh, NYU, for example, all medical students have to take a 90-minute brain death training session. Uh, learning about the medical and legal issues, uh, reasons behind the diagnosis of uh, death. And particularly, it's about family members, convincing them that, number one, uh, their loved one is dead. Jahai McMath's family, for example, uh, says she's not dead. As a matter of fact, well, she's sitting there, and she's a vegetable, effectively. And they're saying, no, 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 and then came up with just crap, a balloon going across the room, and her eyes are following it, and her fingers move, and her uh, her mother says, there she is. She's still responding, which, of course, she is not. And uh, the, only, the only reason I give mom a pass is that this is her daughter, and it's hope against hope that her daughter is alive. Of course, it's delusional, but this is also mom. And... Uh, how do you determine death when there's the machinery keeping someone alive? Uh, the beating heart, the skin that is warm to the touch. You can see the oxygen, the, uh, the uh, intubation where the oxygen goes up and down. So, uh, according to Dr. Uh, Urion, uh, who is an expert on this, he says the child sitting in front of them, from a practical perspective, doesn't look dead. And... They're being requested to give up all the organs from this kid or this loved one. Now, there is a doubt. I mean, there is some argument that there's no death here because family members don't accept loss of brain function as death if the heart is still going, if the organs are still pumping. However, you remove the heart, the lungs, the pancreas, the uh, liver, all for transplant then it's harder to argue that that loved one is alive when the only thing they have is a cavity, an empty cavity where the heart, lung, insides uh, were. And that has to be, that decision has to be made. It's not an easy decision. And so the issue of when someone is dead is fairly easy to say on medical grounds, but not so easy to say uh, when you're dealing with loved ones. Uh, for example, the argument is Jahai McMath uh, had not undergone a valid brain death evaluation that follows accepted neurological criteria when she was declared dead under California law in 2013. And are you ready for this? Uh, the mother is pursuing a personal injury claim set for February in state court. And the judge will have to determine if Jahai is still legally dead. Because what ends up happening is it is a personal injury issue. 
Remember, this is a result of a, a simple, I think it was an appendicitis that went south. It was a pretty simple procedure. Yeah, it was like tonsillectomy. Yeah, it was like, I think well, you're right. Like it was that. a tons, tonsillectomy. So uh, here's a legal issue, and that is, is it a personal injury claim? Is it a wrongful death claim? The judge is going to have to determine if uh, Jahai is still legally dead. And does the judge undo a death certificate after a declaration is made? Because the family, to go after the hospital, they would have to file a, a wrongful death suit. But in order to do that, they would have to be saying, then, yes, then we agree that our daughter is dead. So yeah, on a now, wrongful death suit, that's true. Personal injury, personal no. In- wrongful she's death, still alive. yes. But those, but those, oh. are, those are very valid differences. Wow. So when are you dead? I guess when you break up with someone, you're dead to me. It's when the Amish shun people, you're dead to us. Right? Death in a Jewish family is when the kid decides not to go to medical school. Death. All right, coming up, Handle on the News, late edition. KFI AM 640. Uh, there's Jennifer. Handle on the News. Late edition. Handle on the news. Bill Handle. Tell your $1,200 an hour lawyers, no disrespect. They're good. But but tell them you want it written in English, in non-Swahili. And now, here's Bill Handle. KFI Handle here. It is uh, Wednesday morning. Much to cover. Uh, coming up, uh, we've got Handle in the House Whisper. Uh, if it's uh, true that clothes make a man which of course means I'm not a man, not even close, then siding makes the house. Okay. Well, Dean will explain that to me, and I'm going to go, huh? That's my answer, huh? All right, uh, guys, it is time for Handle on the News Late Edition. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Oh, uh, Rich Murata is here observing today because tomorrow he starts filling in for Wayne. Uh, Rich Murata, who is on this show as a sports guy, and of course, uh, part of the show, uh, his job was to be an insane left-wing pinky communist, which he did brilliantly. I don't think that was his vocation. I think that was his avocation. Uh, yes, that's fair to say. Anyway, he starts uh, tomorrow. Hold on, your microphone. Remember how you used to? Be, you have to turn on the mic. Yeah, I there you go. It's yeah, over by Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even hate you. Yet. I know it's amazing. <laughs> Twenty-one, two or three yes. days. He was with us for twenty-one and a half years on this show. All right, guys, let's do it. Lead story. Shame on you. Wait, did you? I'm sorry. Did you get to the photo as, as on oh, Instagram, no, no. which was the whole it, point of right, me shoving Instagram, this phone in your face? Instagram photo. Of Gary Hoffman, who used to be, uh, of course, on this show. He was our news guy. He was the Jennifer. Uh, Rich Barada, who was uh, the Wayne Resnick, our sports guy, and uh, and me. And, and, it and was, it's, it's a it's rated. This photo is rated PG thirteen. Yes, it is. It's, it's a, a hard rom- PG thirteen. It's a very so, romantic. Uh, very romantic. So anyway, just go to the Instagram <laughs> at Bill Handel Show, and uh, you know this is this is the guys being the guys. Oh no! All right, uh, now we'll do it. Lead right. story. Lead story. Shame on you. Lead story. Shame on you. Okay. Thank you. Before you get to the lead story, because it's about the same person, the Associated Press is reporting Homeland Security Secretary 
Kirsten Nielsen, is drafting an order to end family separations at the border. But the AP also says it's unclear if President Trump will actually sign the darn thing. Interesting. And so she uh, yesterday is dining at a Mexican restaurant and protesters outside, and I assume they went inside the restaurant, uh, screaming at her, are you a mother too? How do you sleep at night? Do you hear the babies crying? If kids don't eat in peace, then you don't eat in peace. That was the chant. No borders, no walls, sanctuary for all. That doesn't quite rhyme. It has to be no border, no walls, sanctuary for alls, if they did it correctly. (laughs) If it don't fit, you must acquit. That's right. She lasted about 10 minutes in the restaurant before she left and had to drive off. And And now she's drafting an order to end it because she wants to get her guacamole in peace. Yeah, you got that right. And uh, she was heard talking to one of uh, the waiters at a Mexican restaurant saying, hey, uh, you know, do you have a family at home, kids? You won't when you get home. (laughs) Oh, handle. What order can she draft to stop this? She's not the attorney general. She can draft the order for the president to sign because it's a a presidential order. She's going to write the order that he will sign to tell Jeff Sessions to back off the zero tolerance. That's the way it's being done procedurally. It goes through the Justice Department. Doesn't this go against, though, what President Trump has been saying, that he's constrained by the law? It's very interesting as to what is happening because... The president, I believe, has to maintain his we never uh, never agree or never admit we've done anything wrong and we double down. And since the Democrats are at fault and since there's political pressure, it's going to be her that drafts the order. I'll bet this Nielsen wishes she would have resigned uh, a month ago. You remember when that all came down? Yeah. That he ranted and uh, raved uh, at her for like a, an hour and she yeah. was in tears and just about drafted her resignation. I don't know why yeah. Jeff Sessions isn't bailed. I don't know why uh, John Kelly, had the chief of staff, hasn't bailed. I mean, uh, he is rough on people. It's nice to see they finally figured out that sometimes you can take care of things, uh, not legislatively, but through executive orders, like they yell at the previous administration right. for having done yes. so often. Melania Trump is being called out for what some people say was a tone-deaf tweet. Stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. It was a tweet on kids and the border. She apparently had a visit yesterday with the king and queen of Spain at the White House. And she tweeted, Queen Letizia and I enjoyed tea and time together, focusing on the ways we can positively impact children. Boom. Yeah, boom. Backlash on Twitter. And she said, I'm a a huge fan of Queen Letizia. Not only her former rap, but also the fact that she is a major (laughs) movie star. I knew it. This is, by the way, this is misplaced outrage. Because every, so I just want to make sure, everybody who is up in arms about what's happening at the border and separation, Nobody's posting Instagram photos of your kids right now. Is that true? Nobody's talking about your schools right now, how to make your schools better. Really? That's happening? I don't think so. Leave her alone. Why can't we leave her alone? Because she has to be aware uh, that, number one, she is connected to the president. She's the first lady and has to be aware that when she does this, it's in direct violation of the president's policy. And you have to give her credit for that. Screw you, Donald. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. As a matter of fact, uh, no, I can't use the word screw you because that's exactly what you're doing with everybody. But it's 
still her doing what she does. What is she supposed to do? Lisa Strata, the president, and not have sex with him until he changes the policy? She is. uh, What she's uh, supposed to do is not say anything because she's a first lady and she should be in the background. Uh, That's what, quote, she's supposed to do. All right. uh, Let's take a break. Oh, and when we come back, guess who else is criticizing the Trump administration? Okay. You ever had a pap smear? Handle. What? I'll, I'll, I'll connect those two. <sighs> no, he I'll was looking them. at me when he asked that. I, no, will, yeah. I will connect this. You watch. You oh, I see watch. what you I already see. All right. You've been wor- working with me for way too long. Okay. What is the news I all about? I don't even know anymore. She here all right let's go ahead and finish up handle on the news late edition jennifer jones lee wayne resnick rich Murata, who is here observing he's filling in for uh, wayne tomorrow and the rest of the week and next week and uh let's do it all right well now pope francis has weighed in on the whole uh, children being ripped from their parents yeah, embrace and uh, he doesn't like it either what a shocker He's fine with priests uh, molesting kids. That's not a problem. I don't think this pope is fine with it. Uh, actually, uh, he is not coming down really hard on this. He's you been... say that about every pope. That's because every pope does this. No, they Has don't. he called for the defrocking? Has he called for the arrest of anybody? No. Okay, let's therefore, just it. <laughs> wait, and you're saying therefore he is no moral authority on anything. That's it. Well, I, be I, be, I believe that. Uh huh. Look look at John right in the eyes and say it. He's no authority or moral authority on anything. Okay. Go. That went well. Yeah. Uh, here's This is the headline. A Holocaust survivor says traumas of being separated from one's parents never really leaves you. Yeah, that's probably true. That it, yes. But she is uh, saying that she was 13 at the time uh, at Auschwitz, a prisoner. Uh, separated from her mom and saying, I want to go with my mother, I want to go with my mother, and she knew she'd never see her mother again. Now, to say that the trauma of separation never leaves you, if you're separated for a few days or a couple months, it's kind of a it's kind of a little bit different than seeing your mother dragged away into a gas chamber. So uh, I'm going to argue that the trauma she went under of separation from the mother, the actual separation was maybe 2% of what of the rest of it. So I think this analogy, uh, it just doesn't work. That's why I said this was the headline. Yeah, I don't yeah, think I don't, the yeah, it's, it's going. It's going a little too far. Hey, let's switch gears in a big way. Everybody wants to buy 21st Century Fox. We won't stop until we own yeah. it all. There's Disney, a bidding war between Comcast and Disney. So Disney makes an additional, an initial bid of $52 billion. In right? stock. Right. All stock. Comcast uh, comes back with, um, uh, what is it? I 65, think, six, $65 billion, billion all cash. Right. Disney is now offering $70 billion, half cash, half stock. And uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's nice to be 20, uh, uh, 21st Century Fox watching the bidding war just climbing and climbing. And I talked to Jane Wells this morning, and she said, Twenty first Century Fox is just going to sit back and go, "Okay, Comcast, your turn." Yep. Uh, Kate Spade's funeral is today in Kansas City, Missouri, and we're also learning today that her brand has pledged a million dollars to suicide prevention groups. Like all it's 
suicide. Which not only is appropriate, but it's a, a very nice thing to do. Absolutely. And it's uh, something that is not surprising, but still a very nice thing to do. Do we know what drove her to this act? No. She had suffered from depression. Depression. A for lot of a while. most of these people, Robin Williams, uh, Anthony Bourdain, uh, they had a history of depression. I mean, no one just comes up with this. Uh, and uh, the part uh, that is uh, particularly troubling is intervention works very, very well. It passes very quickly. So if someone's there, uh, that that momentum at that moment to commit suicide passes. Yeah, but you know what's true, Bill, is that there are a lot of people. You may have ex- uh, you know experienced some of this with your own little bouts of depression in the past. But you know, people will say. Well, what do they have to be depressed about? Yeah, and you they're so famous, they're so fortunate. They've got these but it's vast a, but fortunes. It's, but it's a clinical issue. Sometimes it's a hormonal issue. Absolutely. It's a way you're raised. It's feelings of insecurity, no matter what. I remember reading about Barbara Streisand. Uh, not that she's suicidal, but she was so insecure that every time she would go on stage to sing, and we're talking thirty years into her career, she would throw up. She was so nervous. Hmm. I mean, that's Barbara Streisand. So everybody deals it totally differently. Uh, Speaking of a creature that maybe throws up every now and again, Chubbs the cat just wants to love you and get into shape. Everybody wants to be a cat. This is the cat that was found walking in Altadena. And people from all over the world want to adopt this cat. And today's the day that uh, Chubbs becomes available to adopt. So what do you think? It's going to be about 12 seconds after they open up at the Pasadena Humane Society? And people will be around the block. He goes up up for adoption at noon. Yeah, at 12.01. Yeah, yeah, 12.05, he's he's going home. I want to go and look today. Now, what do you do do with a a hairball that's the size of a basketball? You got. He's gonna have to go on a diet. The family that adopts him is gonna have to be willing to, you know, here's, here's toe the compa- line with the cat food for a while. We were talking about this this morning. So you know, my puppy who I bring in, Daisy, she's seven pounds. Chubbs is four times Daisy. Yeah, but but then you're you know, you have a rat. She is not. She's a rat. rat. Okay, you call her a dog. She is a rat. Right? Just just. And a, you love her. A seven. Admit it. She's a seven pound rat. Okay. (laughs) He's so mean. Uh, I think we're done. I think we're done. Uh, We're done. Yeah, I think we're done. We're done. All right. Canada, the country, has just legalized marijuana uh, as a country. And then there's one other that did. And uh, I'll bet you, without looking it up, how many people people know which country it was? I do. The first country in the world to legalize marijuana. Only because I just read the story. That's exactly (laughs) right. I said, without looking it up. All right. And we'll talk about how it impacts us. And uh, coming up at 930, the House Whisper, Dean Sharp is joining us. So we still have a lot of show to go. KFI AM 640. Oh, yes. Canada. Canada. You know, I went to school in uh, Canada for a couple years in Vancouver where uh, we didn't eat American cheese. Did you know that? It was Canadian cheese. For real. How is Canadian cheese different from American cheese? Uh, It's not. It is exactly the same. And Kentucky Fried Chicken is Kentucky Fried Chicken of Canada Limited. And it's not Canadian bacon. It's back bacon. Back bacon. Back bacon. Yep. All right. So much for, and pizza is 
Pizza. Pizza. That is correct. Wow. Doesn't matter where that is. So here is uh, the latest. Canada is the second country in the world to legalize pot following the one, the only world power, Uruguay. Does anybody know where the hell Uruguay is? No, you don't. South America. How about that? I think Uruguay is uh, it's a landlocked country. Uh, it's either Paraguay or Uruguay that's landlocked, or maybe they're both landlocked. In any case, so Canada as a nation now legalizes, uh, fully legalizes both recreational and medical marijuana. And so actually the Senate uh, has yet to approve it, but it's going to. It's already approved by the House of Commons, and now it's the Senate. So it legalizes possession, home-growing sales for adults, and uh, the federal government will still oversee remaining criminal sanctions, selling to minors, etc., And they'll license it, and uh, the provincial governments, the states, will manage sales, distribution, and other regulations. So the states are able to impose impose tougher rules. So how does that affect us? Well, we already have nine states that uh, have legalized marijuana for recreational use, 29 states for medicinal purposes. Of course, we're on our way to uh, make it, and it will be at some point, uh, a federal law legalizing it although not under the Trump administration. Oh, I want to make a point about marijuana right now. And uh, the administration saying that the reason they're separating families because it is the law and they have no choice. You know, under federal law, dispensaries are illegal. It is the law that the federal government has to go in and shut down dispensaries and arrest people. That's the law. Uh, uh, Wait a minute. Uh, they're not doing it. They're not following the law, aren't they? Huh, interesting, isn't it? Interesting dichotomy. Christian Nelson up there, we have no choice. It's the law. Well, how about the marijuana law? Well, we have no choice. We have to separate families. And you know one of the reasons why they're not screwing with the marijuana laws uh, here in, uh, in the United States, the state laws? Uh, Representative, or excuse me, Senator Cory Gardner, of Colorado, and he's Republican, made it real clear to the Trump administration, you leave us alone if you even attempt to shut down our marijuana growing and selling in this state of Colorado. You will never get my vote for anything. You can just write this Republican off the table. Okay, well, uh, how about this? What if we leave it alone? It's exactly what happened. Ah, the politics of politics. Isn't it interesting? So anyways, Canada is now legalizing it. And uh, it gets really interesting with us because we have to take a page after this. I mean, we really have no choice. Look at what criminalizing marijuana does. It puts uh, puts marijuana into the hands of the cartels. Jeff Sessions, of course, uh, has been... Actually, he was in favor of attacking all the dispensaries around the country. Why? Because he thinks marijuana is, first of all, a gateway drug, like my father did. My father thought that when he caught me smoking marijuana, he literally thought, as you put the joint down, you pick up a syringe full of heroin and inject it directly into your eyeballs. How's that for a gateway drug? Well, that's Sessions' philosophy. 
And so we have to look at what Canada is going to do. We have to look at what many parts of the rest of the world and just be, you know, whether or not you're in favor of marijuana, look at the practicality. You look at the revenue all of a sudden, as opposed to the cost of interdiction, as opposed to the cost of dealing with it on a uh, on a criminal violation. It's billions of dollars to stop it and jail time and dealing with the criminal justice system versus, okay, let's just tax it and control it on this side. It's like alcohol. Do we go back to prohibition when the mob controlled all of it? Right now, the mob, as in the narco-traficantes, as in the cartel, controls the marijuana coming into this country. They make their money because it is illegal in most states. And when it is when it is legal in most states and you can just bring it in or you can grow it yourself, guess what happens? Uh, the mob is out of it, right? The criminal, criminal element is out of that, which, you know, you tell me the logic of dealing with uh, marijuana and making it illegal. I don't understand it at all, particularly when you're looking at the medical aspects of uh, marijuana. So the only thing is, is that Colorado thought it would be uh, this windfall of taxes. I mean, it is to an extent, but nothing like they thought. So the trick is finding the sweet spot. Where is the sweet spot? At what tax level can we maximize our dollars without making it prohibitive to where people buy it on the black market? You know, there was a time when cigarettes particularly on the East Coast, when the mob would bring in cigarettes illegally so uh, they could sell it without taxation. Which is why so many people, for example, go on the Indian reservations to buy their cigarettes. Because you don't have the tax. Or anywhere near the tax. Matter of fact, I don't know if you have tax at all. The bottom line is, we're going to see what happens in Canada... Uh, And we're going to see what happens when it's nationally legalized. And you, Mark, uh, you you take my word for this. It's going to change everything in terms of jails, in terms of enforcement, in terms of uh, all of the costs attributed to uh, going across the board on on criminalizing this drug, which it really is criminalized at this point, and turn it around and make it a revenue call. For the life of me, I, and especially in light of what the medical, uh, what the medical studies have done, what uh, modern medicine, how it uh, modern medicine, modern medicine refers to marijuana, and how it deals with it, viewing it as for the most part benign, viewing it as in many cases uh, a positive in terms of its ability to deal with glaucoma and various other diseases. Hey, you know, tell you it's, it's good stuff. And making money on it. How can you not? Well, you know, talk to Jeff Sessions. Talk to the Trump administration. All right, uh, coming up. Full minimum wage to restaurant workers. They get tips. Why should they get full minimum wage? Well, I'm going to give you the pros and cons. As soon as we come back. KFI AM 640. This is President Trump now speaking on... Uh, the possibility of, of signing something to keep families together at the border. Care about 
lack of security. They really would like to have open borders where anybody in the world can just flow in, including from the Middle East, from anybody, anywhere. They can just flow into our country. Tremendous problems with that, tremendous crime caused by that. We're just not going to do it. I do want to say that because we're all so busy, and I just mentioned to the congressmen and the senators in the room that we are going to cancel and postpone tomorrow's congressional picnic. We have a congressional picnic tomorrow, and I was just walking over to the Oval Office, and I said, you know, it doesn't feel right to have a picnic for Congress when we're working on doing something very important. We have many things that are important. We're talking about trade. We're talking about many, many things. But it didn't feel exactly right to me. So we will be officially postponing the congressional picnic for tomorrow. We'll make it another time when things are going extremely well. And they are going for the country extremely well. We have record-setting numbers in every way economically. But we want to solve this immigration problem, which is going on for 40 years, more. It's been going on forever. And we want to see if we can solve it. So we are canceling or postponing the congressional picnic tomorrow. Would anybody in the room have any question or statement that you'd like to make while the press is here? Anybody? Anybody? I'll say one, Mr. President. Yes. You know, on the issue of immigration, trade, and investment, these are all areas where Congress has a lot of authority under the Constitution, and you have authority. The executive branch has it. Authority uh, under the Constitution. I think that's why meetings like this are really important, bringing the leadership on both sides together because of important issues. So, appreciate the opportunity to let you, you uh, see our views, uh, hear our views on these issues where we uh, share authority on important matters. Thank you. And we all very much have the same views. We want to keep family together. At the same time, we have to be strong on the border. Otherwise, you'll have millions of people coming up, not thousands like we have now. You'll have millions of people flowing up and just overtaking the country. We're not letting that happen. So we have to be very strong on the border. But at the same time, we want to be very compassionate. Uh, yes, Lamar. Mr. President, thanks for having us. I, I, I think what Dan said was was good. We, we we really have on the issues on trade, on immigration, we have a partnership under the Constitution. We have some authority. The president has some authority. We need to work together. I was thinking this morning when when we look at President Nixon's portrait in the White House, we think that he he did the unexpected and he went to China because he could do that. He was in a position to do it. And, we, and President Reagan did the unexpected. He went to went to the Berlin Wall in Moscow. And when we were here a year ago, I think I suggested to you that immigration, which has bedeviled us for 40 years, as you've said, I believe you can, you're the president who can help us solve the immigration problem with your leadership. You may be able to do for immigration what Nixon did for China and Reagan did for the Soviet Union. And a lot of us would like to work with you on that. This is Senator well, Lamar you very much. Yeah, from te uh, Alexander from Tennessee. We need the Democrats' support because we need their votes. It's very simple. You know, people say we have a majority. Well, we have a one majority in the Senate. We need 60. Unfortunately, we don't go with the majority. We go with 60. Someday somebody will explain why, but that's the way it is. We have we need 60 votes. We have 51 votes at the most. So we need Democrat votes in order to do it. Otherwise, you can't do it. Tom, you were going to say something? Tom, Cotton. Well, I think it's, it's very important that we protect our border. We cannot allow a child to be a get-out-of-jail-free card and a get-into-the-U.S.-free ticket 
Um, but at the same time, as you said, as we've all said, we'd like to keep families together, keep them together at the border for the orderly and timely processing of the adult immigration claim. If it's a lawful, legitimate claim, we can admit the family into the country. If not, they'll have to go back to their home country. I'm glad you're looking for a solution for that. I know that we in Congress are working on legislation that will allow our hardworking Border Patrol agents to keep families together at the border while we process their claims in a timely fashion. All right, you know what? I can't take this. Uh, it's the president making his statement, and then the Republican senator sitting around and going, that's right, Mr. President, you are the man that's going to save this country. That's right, you're Winston Churchill. You're the guy. This is insane. It is just crazy. I made a rather rude remark that I can't repeat. Uh, these guys are all lining up. And I'm not going to say what they're lining up for. Well, I did say it, but I'd like to keep my job. I'd like to be here tomorrow morning. So, uh, I mean, it is just astounding to me. Uh, the president talked about how if he, if we don't get the wall, if we don't get this immigration uh, going, it won't be thousands of people that are coming over the border. It will be millions coming over the border. Well, if we open the borders, that's certainly true. It, but it, we're not. The borders are more secure now than they've ever been. And moving in a different direction, moving in that direction with the technology, uh, with the drones, I mean, just drives me completely nuts. Also, uh, he said that he will sign something. Uh, and it's Congress that makes the determination. Now, this one gets interesting because it's his decision to, in fact, the zero tolerance decision was made by the president that separated families. However, and he said, but Congress, you guys take care of it and I will sign it. So I imagine he is going to sign an emergency bill that effectively will make it illegal for him to make the zero tolerance policy. Do I have that right? This what? is uh, th I want you to hear this real fast. This is Senator Lindsey Graham. He's asking President way. Trump about the separation the of the families is, at the border. Is if you detain the parents who broke the law under the Flores decision, you have to break the family up. So there's a 1997 Supreme Court court case that we've got to deal with. So I would urge my Democratic friends to see if we can find a way to keep families together, have a legislative fix to the Flores decision, and argue about the other things later. Because right now, Mr. President, you're in a, you're in a real bind if you detain the adults, the, the law requires the children to be separated. If you let the adults into the country, they never show up. Seems to me that we want to keep the family together and have the parents show up for their day in court. To Senator Schumer, I know we, there's a lot we don't agree on, but surely to goodness we can fix this court decision because the country's in a bad spot, not just you. Now, uh, let's cut for a moment. I, yes. I have a question for you. Yes, Wayne. He's talking about, oh, the Flores decision. Right. And we, okay. The Flores decision, which it's true, that's the beginning of this problem, that you can't uh, keep the kids in custody. So, but the Flores decision was not a decision. It was a settlement before a court issued a decision. They settled it, and they agreed this is how we'll handle uh, children. So I want to ask you a legal question. You were suing somebody. Yes. And then you reach a settlement. Yes. Then later, a legislature undoes the settlement that you made. 
are you just screwed or do you can you reactivate your lawsuit because the set the thing that settled it has been invalidated well let me answer that question with my legal knowledge i have no idea does that help you uh no (laughs) all right coming up dean sharp the house whisperer uh siding and he's going to sell you siding get ready for a hard sale from dean hey you want your house to look better well i can i can give you siding at a super deal be right back with dean kfi am 640 ah, it is uh wednesday at uh, 9 30 and of course that means uh we have uh a House Whisper segment with Dean Sharp. Here I am. Yep, uh, brought to you by uh, Sunlux, the official solar company of Dean's home yep. on KFI, uh, in addition to Dean's home and mine. And my business. Yep. For the best value in solar, dial pound 250 and say Sunlux. All right. Do you have to say it that way? No. Okay. I can say, yeah. You know, well, Sunlux. Lux. Oh, uh, just before we get into it, uh, an- another announcement made by the president right now is he will sign an executive order to deal with family separation today. Now, whether that was planned or not, probably, because he's asked uh, Chris and Nelson, uh, Homeland Security, to uh, start drafting an order. And so he's bypassing Congress. Remember, you talked about the uh, the fact that he'll sign a bill, he'll go ahead and anything that Congress comes up with, uh, he'll sign. Well, now it's going to be an executive order to deal with uh, with family separation, much like his executive order uh, that determined that the, the families were going to be separated in the first place because of the zero tolerance policy. Will that come before or after his executive order to cancel the congressional picnic? Yeah, that's the other thing that he announced. Uh, and I want to know, how is it the president cancels a congressional picnic? Now, I think he can do it because of optics, I think he can do it and say, hey, while this is going on, you guys can't have a picnic. That's what he said. But he said he was canceling it. So I, man, I just don't get any of it. So let's move into your world, Dean. And uh, that is uh, siding. Siding. You remember the, uh, have you ever seen the movie The Tin, Tin Men? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my is I'm selling not, a I am siding. not going to sell you aluminum siding yes. today. I'm not going to do it. So tell me uh, siding versus stucco. Uh, when do you need it? <coughs> and I'm assuming every time there's an earthquake, you need it. You don't. You don't. Uh, okay, so, so Sunday's show is about exterior siding. And here is why. Because there are so many choices. So many. People usually think, oh. Yeah, I've got stucco on my house, or I've got some kind of wood siding. But when you add it all up between stone and brick and various forms of wood siding, polymer sidings, concrete fiber-embedded sidings, various types of stucco finishes, there is a plethora of siding choices for the house. And if you really want to change the story, the curb appeal story of the front of your house, All you need to do is really work on the front of your house for most people. You don't necessarily have to, if you wanted to, for instance, go from a stucco house to a siding house, you don't have to rip the stucco off the side yard walls uh, where no one's looking anyway, or even necessarily the rear of the house. Because the rear of the house, your experience of the back of the house is usually you walking out 
looking at the yard, not looking back at the house. But the facade uh, is important. And there are so many things you can do. We're going to talk about as many of them on Sunday as we can, including all the issues. But what I want to talk to you about today is stucco. Stucco and how the myths surrounding stucco and how people don't understand stucco. First of all, a lot of people don't know what stucco is. Right. Stucco is basically a cement product uh, made out of a combination of uh, lime and sand and Portland cement these days. It goes on in three layers, traditionally. Now, there is some stuff out there now that they say can go on in two layers. I haven't been impressed with it yet, so stucco contractors may take exception with me, some of them. But uh, traditionally, stucco goes on in three layers. The scratch coat, which is a very, very rough coat of uh, cement that basically its job is to embed itself into that wire lath that gets wrapped on the house. That's really what secures the stucco to the house. Then after the scratch coat, and it's a, it, we call it a scratch coat because it's got these deep, rough, very unattractive grooves in it. Then the brown coat, and we call it brown because it used to look brown. It doesn't look brown anymore. So the brown coat or the body coat, which is about three-quarters to seven-eighths of an inch thick, that's the main body of stucco. It ends up very smooth, not smooth in its, in, in its texture. It's very porous in the texture, but it's flat. It essentially creates the shape that the stucco is going for. And then the finish coat, which is what we all see, most people don't realize that finish coat is only about an eighth of an inch thick. So three layers of stucco on the house. And the finish coat is simply for uh, looks. Right. It is. It the, does nothing other than... It's not essentially the body. The brown coat is the essential body of thing. So, what, so that whole conversation, the fact that you've got concrete, which has to cure... Uh, it leads us to our our first myth about stucco, and some of this is promulgated by contractors themselves, and that is that my stucco job can be done in a week. All right, let's take a break and come back, and we're going to go through the myths about stucco, uh, and there's a world to it. Incidentally, my house is stucco. Yes, it is. And uh, your house is stucco. stucco. Mm-hmm. And um, the siding we looked at, well, I have a couple of questions about siding versus stucco. Uh, but uh, first, uh, let's take a break and talk to Jennifer Stucco. Jones Lee. Stucco. <laughs> okay. So my timing and chewing are right on. All right. So, Dean, let's go back. Dean, uh, the House Whisperer, heard every Sunday here from uh, 9 to 11 o'clock. So we were talking about stucco. Yes. And uh, siding. There's 8 million different kinds of siding where you just attach it to the front. You suggested front only to bring down the price. Right, to bring down the price. Right. So now. If you can do the whole house, of course. All right. So stucco is effectively concrete. That then is colored with a thin coat of more concrete. Right. And you can do, and and, and what we did is, uh, did we, I think we painted it, or you can put the color in the final uh, coat. That's the a final choice coat. you have, whether you're going to paint your stucco or whether you're going to use a color coat. And the color coat can, that last eighth of an inch of uh, finish can actually have color mixed into it. So the big decision is what kind of a look you want, because that color coat 
is going to have some variations, going to have some natural toning like your place does, a little darker here, a little lighter there. Uh, and so it's not going to be a un it's not going to be as uniform a right. color as paint, and nor is it going to be as bright and dynamic. So if you're looking to really like, paint the side of a wall like royal blue, then you're not going to go for a color coat. You're going to because we're not going to get that much of a color. Don't don't don't. I can see you royal blue for the side of a house. You know, one little wall and a Cape Cod kind of setup. You know, it's not necessarily the wrong idea with a white window in front of it right. don't challenge these things all right myths you know Did you, yeah myths okay so myth number one which we said before the break is that my stucco job can be done in a week well technically maybe the labor itself if you add it all together and shove it all together can be done in a week but the reality is this like i said stucco is cement it is a curing process that needs to take place. And what is the number one thing that people complain about with stucco anyway, especially new stucco jobs? It's cracking. Right. Okay? So cracking occurs on a new stucco job. Sometimes it's unavoidable, little tiny cracks. But most cracking occurs when the job is rushed. So the scratch coat needs to go on. According to the International Building Code, that scratch coat needs to sit there and cure for at least... Two days, at least 48 hours. And during the summer, when it's 104 degrees outside, that's the worst time to ever put that on, right? Well, it's a difficult time because it dries out too fast. Because cement doesn't dry. It cures. Which means that the moisture, the water that's in the cement, needs to stay in the cement to complete the curing process. It's a chemical reaction. So if you're doing stucco in the heat of summer on a 90-degree day... They'll spray it down, won't they? It needs to be sprayed down and, and kept moist the whole time so that it can cure completely. So the scratch coat needs a couple of days. Then the brown coat, this is the most important part, <clears throat> you'll hear guys saying, no, 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 we can just get this done. We put polymers in it, quick dry. Okay, N no. If you really want this to be bomb-proof, after the brown coat goes on, you need to wait between 14 and 21 days oh, okay. before the finish. So this coat. takes this takes a while. Otherwise, otherwise, no, it, and it's not to the touch. I mean, the all, all this concrete, the next day is going to be hard. You're going to knock on it. It's not about that. It's about the curing process. It'll crack during the curing process. You want the brown coat to crack completely before you put the finish coat on, so those cracks don't continue through, and you end up seeing them. It's that simple. All right, so that's that myth. Uh, then the other problem that people have with stucco is that they believe that it deteriorates naturally. It does not. Properly applied and maintained stucco can last easily 100 years. It's cement. The problem is water. Water, water, water. <clears throat> I go to houses all the time where half of the, the sprinklers up against the house are spraying the stucco. And people wonder why they get this limey kind of feels like it's deteriorating down at the bottom. Some houses I see stucco where the stucco itself goes all the way into the dirt, all the way down the side of the wall. Stucco needs to stop, and there needs to be what we call a weep screed, a little flashing that stops it at least four inches off of the, the soil around it. And that weep screed does two things. It keeps the stucco out of the water because through capillary action, moisture will go up into the stucco. And secondly... It allows moisture that's in the stucco, because stucco is concrete, it is porous. It collects moisture. It allows uh, that moisture to weep out the bottom. So <clears throat> the most important part of your stucco job, believe it or not, is the 
is when the paper is applied and all the flashing around doors and windows and roof lines and the bottom. Because it's that paper and those flashings that are actually mm-hmm. waterproofing your house. Now, it used to be uh, lath and plaster. At least, uh, no, that would be inside. Uh, they right. would we we still call it lath. We, okay. we call it stucco lath on Now, the what is, before that paper and the screens, and we're talking about going back 50, 60 years, 100 Chicken years, wire. Paper was and it. chicken wire. That was yeah. it. Okay, they would do it themselves. Yep. Uh, fair enough. Now, siding can go up in one afternoon, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it can. And it's done because siding is is that. Siding is also, for our DIYers out there, an option, uh, a big option for saving money. Because if you are willing to follow the practices and standards and the steps and take your time with it, you, you can, do, it can yourself. do the siding yourself. No chance you can do your own stucco. It's that doing your is own, impossible. It, well, it's not impossible, but it's tough. I'll tell you this. I've done it before. I would never do my own stucco. So that should say something. Right. Okay. Gary Hoffman. Ah, uh, stucco guy. Yeah. A good stucco guy. Would you do Priceless. Your yes. Oh, by the way, Dean, I heard uh, every Sunday from 9 to 11 o'clock. And uh, let's not forget uh, the podcast that Dean has of his show, and it's archived, and every week it's a different topic, and it's everything you wanted to know about everything you wanted to know uh, about home and health and house and health and hearth. <laughs> and follow us. On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at home with Dean. Same handle for all of them. Got it. All right, Gary. Yes. What are you talking about today? Uh, so the president, not too long ago, literally within the last 30 minutes or so, said that he's going to sign something very, very soon. So the New York Times says that's probably going to be an executive order to prevent family separations at the border. If that's the case, it's almost guaranteed an immediate legal challenge. But, hey. Who's going to legally challenge it? I don't know, but I'm just saying there's a possibility that somebody yep. goes in there and says that you can't do that right now. Now, notice that he has gone from I'll sign something that Congress sends me right. to I'm going to throw in an executive order He to it's the Democrats' fault and they should straighten it out. Well, th- someone got to him and said oh, we yeah. can't allow these headlines to continue. They can't. Yep. So we got that. We have What You Watch Wednesday. Petros is going to join us. We'll do a Westworld recap. Dr. Wendy in the 1 o'clock hour. It's full day. You that's got what it. They call it. It's full All right. It's coming up. Gary and Shannon and uh, Dean Sharp. Thank you, as always, for you, a sir. Wednesday version of uh, Home. And uh, you have a good show, Gary. Thank you, sir. Oh, and by the way, uh, tomorrow it's uh, uh, Murata. Rich Murata is now starting the sports broadcast, filling in for Wayne Resnick. Who, who did you say? What was his name? Rich Murata. Mm. And uh, just between ring a bell. and just between us chickens, uh, they fired Wayne this morning. They did not. And it'll be Rich Murata now working uh, here almost full time. John, don't let him say that. Gary, have a good show. Thank you, sir.